Today is October the 31st. Today, we see Jesus on the attack. Today, as we read through the Bible in a year, I'd like you to read Luke chapters 10 to 13. Today, Jesus goes on the attack in chapter 10. He sends out 72. Now, he had sent out the 12 before on a uh, preaching excursion. Now, he sends out 72. All of the teaching of Jesus at this point comes in response to questions. In chapter 11, we see again the Pharisees' gossip campaign. They begin to spread the rumor that Jesus does miracles by the power of Satan. So, in chapter 11, Jesus goes on the attack. He talks about the sign of, of Jonah. He criticizes the religious leaders. Here we have eight woes. Woe to you, Pharisees. He has uh, four or five against the Pharisees. Then the scribes say, Teacher, in this last thing you said, you implied us. And so Jesus goes straight for them as well. Um, this uh, continues on in chapter 12. He warns against hypocrisy, uh, talks about a rich fool, money and possessions, talks about being prepared for uh, the Lord's coming. And then look at what he says in 1249. I've come to set the world on fire. I wish it were already burning. Wow, that doesn't sound like the Jesus that uh, so many of us like to read about, does it? Uh, chapter 13 uh, continues on with the attack. He talks about a narrow door. Few will be saved. And he ends by weeping over Jerusalem. Today, please read Luke 10 to 13. Luke 10 to 13, New Living Translation. Luke 10. The Lord now chose seventy-two other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord, who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, May God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, then the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever it sets before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. 
But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, We wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, even wicked Sodom will be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon would be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you, people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. And then he said to the disciples, Anyone who accepts your message is accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me, and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the seventy-two disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we used your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. And at that same time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And he said, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then, when they were alone, he turned to the disciples and said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. I tell you, many prophets and kings long to see what you see, but they didn't see it, and they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this, and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked the man. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes, 
Now go and do the same. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. So she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, Dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Luke 11 Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him. Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us, and don't let us yield to temptation. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he wouldn't do it for a friendship's sake, if you kept knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep seeking, and you will find. Keep knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or, if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So, if you shameful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? One day, Jesus cast a demon from a man who couldn't speak. And when the demon was gone, the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed, but some of them said, No wonder he cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Others, trying to test Jesus, demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. He knew their thoughts, so he said, Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A family splintered by feuding will fall apart. You say that I am empowered by Satan, but if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can his kingdom survive? And if I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For when a strong man is fully armed and guards his palace, his possessions are safe, until someone even stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him of his weapons, and carries off his belongings. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. 
and so that person is worse off than before. As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breast that nursed you. Jesus replied, But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. As the crowd pressed in on him, he said, This evil generation keeps asking me to show them a miraculous sign, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of Jonah. What happened to him was a sign to the people of Nineveh that God had sent him. What happens to the Son of Man will be a sign to these people that he was sent by God. The Queen of Sheba will stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. The people of Nineveh will also stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. No one lights a lamp and then hides it and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners... Then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. Then the Lord said to him, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness, fools. Didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. What sorrow awaits you Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What sorrow awaits you Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. Yes, what sorrow awaits you, for you are like hidden graves in a field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping on. Teacher, said an expert in religious law, you have insulted us too in what you just said. Yes, said Jesus. What sorrow also awaits you experts in religious law, for you crush people with unbearable religious demands, and you never lift a finger to ease the burden. What sorrow awaits you, for you build your monuments for the prophets, your own ancestors killed long ago, but in fact you stand as witnesses who agreed with what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you joined in their crime by building these monuments. This is what God, in His wisdom, said about you. I will send prophets and apostles to them, but they will kill some and persecute the others. As a result, this generation will be held responsible for the murder of all God's prophets from the creation of the world. From the murder of Abel to the murder of Zechariah, 
who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, it will certainly be charged against this generation. What sorrow awaits you experts in religious law? For you remove the key to knowledge from your people. You don't enter the kingdom yourselves, and you prevent others from entering. As Jesus was leaving, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees became hostile and tried to provoke him with many questions. They wanted to trap him into saying something they could use against him. Luke 12 Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling about and stepping on each other. Jesus turned first to his disciples and warned them, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees their hypocrisy. The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed, and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. Dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do any more to you after that. But I'll tell you whom to fear." Fear God, who has the power to kill you and then throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. Yes, what is the price of five sparrows, two copper coins? Yes, God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. I tell you the truth. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth the Son of Man will also acknowledge in the presence of God's angels, but anyone who denies me here on earth will be denied before God's angels. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemies the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before the rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother how to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, My friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship with God. Then, turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them, and you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. 
and if god cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here to-day and thrown into the fire to-morrow he will certainly care for you why do you have so little faith and don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink don't worry about such things these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world but your father already knows your needs seek the kingdom of god above all else and he will give you everything you need so don't be afraid little flock for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom sell your possessions and give to those in need this will store up treasure for you in heaven and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes your treasure will be safe no thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it wherever your treasure is there the desire of your heart will also be be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast then you will be ready to open the door and let him in in the moment he arrives and knocks the servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded i tell you the truth he himself will seat them put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat he may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn but whenever he comes he will reward the servants who are ready understand this if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming he would not permit his house to be broken into you must also be ready all the time for the son of man will come when least expected peter asked lord is this illustration just for us or for everyone and the lord replied a faithful sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them if the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job i tell you the truth the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns but what if the servant thinks my master won't be back for a while and he begins beating the other servants partying and getting drunk then the master will return unannounced and unexpected and he will cut the servant into pieces and banish him with the unfaithful and a servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished but someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly when someone has been given much much will be required in return and when someone has been entrusted with much even more will be required i have come to set the whole world on fire and i wish it were already burning i have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me and i am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished do you think i came to bring peace on the earth no i have come to divide people against each other from now on families will be split apart three in favor of me and two against or two in favor and three against father will be divided against son and son against father mother against daughter and daughter against mother and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law then jesus turned to the crowd and said when you see the clouds beginning to form in the west and you say here comes a shower and you are right then the south wind blows and you say today will be a scorcher and it is you fools you know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky but you don't know how to interpret the present times why can't you decide for yourselves what is right when you are on the way to court with your accuser try to settle the matter before you get there otherwise your accuser may drag you before the judge who will hand you over to an officer who will throw you into prison 
and if that happens, you won't be free again until you have paid the very last penny. Luke 13. About that time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked. Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No, and I tell you again, that unless you repent, you will perish too. Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. Finally he said to his gardener, I've waited three years, and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down, it's just taking space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance, leave it yet another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine, if not, then you can cut it down. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for eighteen years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her, and she instantly could stand straight. How she praised God! But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days and be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, You hypocrites, each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. Then Jesus said, What is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make nest in its branches. He also asked, What else is the kingdom of God like? It is like a yeast a woman uses in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on towards Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, Work hard to enter the narrow door of God's kingdom, for many will try to enter but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, But we ate and drank with you, and you taught us in the streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you will be thrown out. The people will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this, some who seem least important now will be the greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be least important then. At that same time, Pharisees said to him, Get away from here if you want to live. 
Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, Go and tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day I must proceed on my way. For it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often have I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now, look, your house is abandoned, and you will never see me again until you say, Blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Scripture reading by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll see the gospel of the second chance.